Want the holiday movie that's got it all? Happy holidays, Mr. Duck. Bah humduck! Look for the all-new original movie. <laughs> bah humduck, a Looney Tunes Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Based on the classic tale, A Christmas Carol. What do I look like, an ATM? But with Looney Flair. What's up, Duck? Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to our Christmas Carol mini-series. Today we're doing an animated version that I've been wanting to do for a while, Bah Humduck, A Looney Tunes Christmas. Joining me for this one are Katie Fabric and Eli Stanza. They're both big fans of the Looney Tunes, so I figured this would be the perfect adaptation to do with them this year. I think, Eli, you've said you haven't seen too many versions of A Christmas Carol. Not really. Had you seen this one before? I've never seen this one before. I, I've heard about it. I knew of its existence. Uh, I just had a feeling it probably wasn't going to be good. And so I just, <laughs> uh, I honestly, I, that's honestly how I felt. And so I just never got around to it. What about you, Katie? Um, I've seen some versions of Christmas Carol, but not a whole lot. And I've seen this. I watched it when I was younger. And I was like, I don't remember it very well. I remember being like, fine with it. Like, I liked seeing the characters I liked. So going back to it and rewatching them, like, yeah, there's not much substance to it. It's just kind of there to exist. And... <laughs> Probably like to tag on to like a collection kind of it kind of feels like mm. like you get your little Looney Tune collection kind of thing and so you get it slapped on the box so they can just kind of fill out their collection a bit. So you're saying that the only people who would like this are like Looney Tunes completionists and no one else. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> because I because I kind of agree. I can see maybe some little kids liking this, but as a Looney Tunes fan, this kind of left me wanting. And as a Christmas Carol fan, this also kind of left me wanting. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, it was fine. It w I've seen much worse versions of A Christmas Carol than this. This was entertaining enough, but I don't think it'll be one that I go back to. I had also never seen this. I knew of its existence, but it wasn't one that I'd gotten around to. And it had been one I've been wanting to do for a while. I just had never gotten to it, so I figured this year would be the year I would make sure it happened. And now I've gotten it over with. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's fine. If somebody wants a silly animated version of A Christmas Carol and they're doing something like me, trying to watch as many versions as they can, this is a good one to add onto your playlist. It's pretty short. I think if it were longer, I would have a bit of a harder time recommending it. Mm -hmm. But... It goes by pretty quick, so even though it's not the greatest version of A Christmas Carol, it's entertaining enough. Yeah. If I if I had, like, kids, like, I wouldn't mind, like, letting them watch this. This is perfectly harmless. Mm hmm So, as the title suggests, this is Daffy in the Scrooge role, and he seems to be just Daffy Duck. There, there's no name changes for anybody, as far as I can tell, except for the ghosts. The ghosts get called the Ghost of Christmas, Past, Present, and Future. But the rest of the people are just their regular Looney Tunes names. <laughs> and this version has the Lucky Duck Superstore instead of the money-changing bank, whatever it was that Scrooge normally has. <laughs> and 
this version also he he doesn't have any family at all so the person taking on the fred role i guess is bugs but he has a bigger role than fred in the book so i'm just guessing that bugs is supposed to be fred yeah well it's bug bunny we're talking about we have to give him a big role yes and instead of the guys coming asking for money for a charity you have little children outside his store ringing a bell who he chases off and you also have porky pig in the bob cratchit role but he's not the only employee of scrooge slash daffy it's like he employs almost every other looney tune in this store (laughs) yeah it's yeah it's a mega mart yeah other than other than the ones who get the ghost roles because you've got Peppy Le Pew, Wiley Coyote, Gossamer, the Three Bears, Foghorn Leghorn, Marvin the Martian, Speedy Gonzalez. Pretty much anybody else who's a main Looney Tune works at his store. Yeah. <laughs> and in the Marley role, you have Sylvester, and he's not he's not a past business partner like in most other versions. He's just a CEO that Daffy used to look up to, whose name is Sylvester the Investor. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot in this that like made me laugh out loud but for some reason when daffy's talking to himself and sylvester shows up and he says what do you think floating cat guy (laughs) for some reason (laughs) that got to me i thought that was hilarious i don't know why (laughs) every once in a while i did laugh there were some funny moments yeah it has funny moments but it's not hilarious throughout they they relied a lot on looney tunes violence for the jokes which kind of got old like the the ghosts all like bash him over the head and stuff (laughs) yeah (laughs) which 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 you know looney tunes slapstick is tried and true i understand that but you know like it's it's you they were relying on it a little bit too much yeah a lot yeah i also thought it was funny that with this sylvester the investor instead of him just being an old greedy miser and passing away at an ancient age like marley he was murdered by one of his mistreated employees who mm. ran him over with a forklift nine yeah. times <laughs> 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 because he's a cat i guess so they got to get all yeah. the lives yeah <laughs> yeah exactly i did appreciate that and um when uh daffy's just like He's just like, that'll happen to you one day. And Daffy's like, no, I'd never be stupid enough to give my workers a forklift. I thought that was kind of funny. (laughs) Well, anybody who's watched the Sylvester cartoon knows that Sylvester, like, entering dangerous situations is pretty canon. (laughs) Sylvester (laughs) is very beat up upon. Yeah. And another character who is in a, I guess, similar role to the book, but this one is probably the farthest away. Porky has a daughter named Priscilla, who I guess is supposed to be in the Tiny Tim role because she's just as cutesy as Tiny Tim usually is played, but she's not injured or sick or anything. She just wants a doll. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know why they made that choice. Like, I feel like it. If they really wanted us to empathize with her, they would have uh, done something similar to Tiny Tim. But, oh, well, there there are a lot of things about the movie I didn't understand. So, oh, well. Yeah, and also Porky is a widower. (laughs) Okay. Like, in in the book, and I I don't think I've ever seen any other version where 
Bob Cratchit's wife has died. And like, there is another pig that he could have had as a wife that could have been a perfect choice. There's Petunia pig. She could have been his yeah. wife and they could have had kids. And I don't know why they decided to make him a widower with a, with one daughter. Yeah, I don't know why they decided to do that. Even like, especially since like, you know, Minnie Mouse made an appearance in Mickey's Christmas Carol and she didn't even have a speaking role. So like, I don't know what their excuse is here. Yeah, I don't know. It was strange. But yeah, Porky wants to take Christmas off so he can spend the holiday with his daughter. But Daffy refuses and then announces the store is going to be opening at 5 a.m. on Christmas and staying open the whole day. And everybody leaves upset and Gossamer mm. punches him through the intercom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get some Looney Tunes physics in there. Yeah. I always love the kind of joke where they like when someone punches someone through like a computer screen and the uh, person on the other side of the monitor like feels it that that like always makes me laugh. So I appreciate <laughs> that. And somehow in between everybody leaving and Daffy leaving, there's apparently some sort of huge instant blizzard that blocked the door because he goes to leave not long after everybody else leaves. And he only finds Bugs Bunny in the store who tells him that the exit is blocked by a snowdrift and they're going to be stuck there all night. And Bugs wants to do fun holiday things with him, but Daffy tells him he's going to go lock himself in his office and roll around in his money. Yeah. <laughs> Which was another thing that made me laugh. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, he, he basically has a Scrooge McDuck style vault, except you can see the floor. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, it's, it's, pretty hard not to think of Scrooge McDuck when you have a duck rolling in money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, he decides that he's going to weld himself into his vault, like that would stop a ghost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. also, you never see, like when he gets sent back later, he doesn't get sent back into his vault where he was taken from, so like, he's now just welded his vault shut, so he no longer has access to his money. <laughs> I didn't think of that. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that could just be lazy storytelling. But, you know. I think they thought it would be funny to have him weld himself into the vault and then didn't think about how to get the money back. <laughs> that would. I hope that's what it was because that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, once he's in his vault, the ghosts, plural, of Christmas past show up and it's Granny and Tweety. And Granny has like fairy wings for some reason. <laughs> They take him back to the past where you find out that he was an orphan in the Lucky Duck Orphanage, which apparently is an orphanage that specializes in only duck children. <laughs> okay. All right, sure. Why not? And then, of course, in true pathetic orphan style, he is the only one not chosen. <laughs> <laughs> and the caretaker says that she's sorry but at least he'll get to spend another year here at the orphanage and i was like so do they only give out children on christmas <laughs> <laughs> so strange that's a good point <laughs> <laughs> that is so strange <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things about this special that are strange, but that really stuck yeah. out to me. It's like, I'm not sure that's how orphanages work. Yeah. And also, I don't know that I would try to comfort him by saying, well, at least he <laughs> that too. 
the <laughs> orphanage. Wow. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I would have chosen those words, but you do you. <laughs> but none of this changes his heart. And he tells Granny and Tweety that he wants to use their time travel gimmick to go to the races and get rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of an example of like the type of humor in this movie, which is that like you could see where he was going with the. As soon as he started making the joke about how oh he wants to use it to like win money from gambling, like as soon as you could tell that's where he was going, that was kind of like the end of the joke. But they kept, but he kept going on and on about it, and and it stopped being funny by the time he was over. And that was kind of like, that's an example of my, my critique of the comedy here. But Yeah, I think <laughs> with that type of comedy, I think it prevents this from being anything more than just a goofy special. Like, a lot of times yeah. with specials like this that are the story of the Christmas Carol, like, the, the one I'm thinking of right now is Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. That one is actually, they actually managed to make it heartfelt, even though it's based on a goofy cartoon. But this one falls into the trap of leaning too much on being a cartoon, and it doesn't manage to elevate itself beyond anything more than just a parody of A Christmas Carol. Whereas, mm -hmm. like Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol, it actually is a legitimate, heartfelt retelling of the story. Yeah. That's so true. Like, I could actually enjoy, I was actually enjoying, like, Mr. Magoo's, like, Christmas Carol, like, like consistently, like, a, a little bit, like, mm -hmm. compare it. There wasn't any moment of that, of that special where I was, like, criticizing them for, like, leaning too heavily on, like, like Mr. Magoo's, like, antics or, or, or not, mm -hmm. like, leaning enough into the Christmas Carol aspects. It's like, it was just, that was a little bit more well-balanced. Yeah, that one was one of the first ones that I ever reviewed, even before this podcast. I, th I just did a short review on my channel. And I think at the time, I didn't think too much of it. Like, it was, I think I thought it was fine. But looking back now that I've seen so many bad versions, it's kind of surprising how well that one was able to take the story and use it and incorporate the Mr. Magoo character, but also make it a, an actual decent adaptation of the story. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But anyways, back to this mediocre one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we have to talk about this no matter how much we don't want to. <laughs> so yeah, Tweety tells Granny that Daffy will never learn, so they send him back home just in time for Bugs to call over the intercom and tell him that his 2 a.m. appointment is here. So I guess Bugs can see the ghosts too, for some reason. And... Mm -hmm. The ghost of Christmas present is Yosemite Sam, which I kind of figured he was going to be. I figured, because I was doing, I was thinking in my head, okay, who haven't we seen yet? Who's going to end up being a ghost? And I was thinking, I haven't yeah. seen Yosemite <laughs> Sam or Taz yet. <laughs> and those turned oh, out yeah. to be the ghosts. <laughs> yeah, that was very predictable, you're right. Mm -hmm. I knew Taz was going to have to be one of the ghosts, because, like, you know how popular Taz is. Yes, you can't do a Looney Tunes special and not have Taz somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So with the Ghost of Christmas present, they go and visit a bunch of his employees. You see Elmer Fudd asleep outside, frozen to a light pole for some reason. <laughs> and Marvin the Martian weeping silently while looking at Mars through a telescope. 
<laughs> I felt like they were trying too hard to make Marvin a sympathetic character, and he's usually like borderline evil. He did yeah. have one good line earlier about wanting to hang lights on. I don't know. I don't remember what it was. Some sort of weapon, which was kind of funny. Well, I do agree with you about how like uh, it, it kind of threw me off how they were trying to turn Marvin the Martian into this like sympathetic character. It was like well, the, I, I I just have the Chuck Jones cartoons of running in my mind on a loop every day. So just comparing mm-hmm. that to this, it just felt <laughs> it just felt <laughs> weird. Yeah, it's very out of character for Marvin. I almost kind of want another version with Marvin as the Scrooge character because he would be a better Scrooge, I think, than Daffy. Yeah, you know, it's. I feel like you could have gone that way. You could have gone maybe Elmer Fudd, maybe Yosemite Sam, and those characters might have worked better. Well, technically, Yosemite Sam has been the Scrooge character before because there was a Bugs Bunny special that had like a little short in it about scrooge was played by yosemite sam and bugs i think bugs played jacob marley but he was also fred but it was fred pretending to be jacob Marley. there were no actual ghosts it was just bugs terrorizing yosemite sam pretending to be the ghosts (laughs) yeah i remember (laughs) that cartoon i forgot about that yeah 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 I think it's one of the more obscure ones because I had never heard of it until I started doing versions of A Christmas Carol and I found that. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure that based on what I remember about the animation quality for that one, that seemed, I think that was one of the later Looney Tunes. Yeah, it was It was from like a TV special, I think. So it wasn't like Chuck Jones era top tier animation. Oh yeah, it wasn't. The, right, right. It wasn't a short, yeah. It was pretty funny, though. There was a line in there that still cracks me up about Bugs telling Yosemite that he's going to take him to see the man in the red suit. And he thinks he's talking about Santa, but he actually means the devil. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> That's clever. That's clever. So anyways, yeah, Yosemite takes him also to visit Porky and his daughter, who is sadly wishing for a pretty pudgy piggy doll. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And also that her daddy didn't have to work on Christmas. And uh, uh, this maybe starts to break Daffy, but not really. And they go back home. Bugs is there still. And he tells them the last ghost is on the way. And you hear the Tasmanian devil screaming. (laughs) And Daffy begs Bugs to hide him. So he does in a myriad of abusive ways. All all of the ghosts were previously abusing him, and now Bugs is abusing him. The, the whole special is about abusing Daffy. Yeah. And of course, the ghost comes anyways and takes him to Christmas Future, which Daffy says he thinks he t- took him to the wrong place because this place has a distinctly Halloween-y vibe. Yeah. <laughs> it's the graveyard where he is now buried. And in this future, the Tiny Tim character does not die because she wasn't sick to begin with. And for some reason, Porky is visiting Daffy's grave with Priscilla. <laughs> like, okay, your boss died and you take yeah. your daughter to go visit his grave. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little strange, but whatever. Sure. She apparently feels really sorry for him. And she tells him that she'll visit his grave every Christmas so he doesn't feel lonely. And at this point, <laughs> I was like rolling my eyes. I was like, this is... This is way too schmaltzy for a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> nah, I totally agree. This is not. This is like not Looney. This is like the Looney name should not be on this. 
This was like more like generic. This was like generic <laughs> tunes, not Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something like that. It's just it did not feel loony at all. I guess this finally gets through to him though, so he asks the ghost for a second chance and Taz sends him home, but he ends up outside where he wakes Elmer Fudd up and tells him that he's going to give him a raise and a Hawaiian vacation if he helps him. So they get everything ready for Christmas, and the next day all the employees arrive with Daffy dressed as Santa, giving gifts to everyone, and Porky brings Priscilla for some reason. I guess he couldn't find child care on Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) So Daffy gives Priscilla the doll she wanted and makes Porky his manager and tells everyone they're getting a paid vacation. And then Porky and Priscilla like ask Daffy to be a member of their family since he doesn't have one. (laughs) Okay, whatever. Sure. Uh, Then you had a strange moment where he almost has another change of heart going back to his evil ways, asking himself how he can get back all the money he's losing with all the stuff he's giving to his employees. But then Priscilla comes up and offers him a cookie and calls him Uncle Daffy. Which apparently fixes his evil ways permanently. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> the magic of Christmas. Yeah. I don't think they did a very good job of convincing me that Daffy is like good now. <laughs> um, me neither. <laughs> like that was yeah. They're going to roll in next work day, and he's going to be like, okay, see you um, your seven days a week again next week. So, you know, enjoy your vacations while they last, because you're going to go back to your original working schedule eventually. Exactly. Yeah. And then Ghost Granny will come back and beat him over the head with a candy cane again. <laughs> exactly. Same time next year, Ghost Granny will come back. <laughs> but they should make another they should make a sequel that's actually funny but have it continue past this one and fix all the mistakes of this one. <laughs> oh, I would support that. Let's get that going. Let's green light that. I feel like they could if they wanted to, they could do a really good Christmas carol adaptation, but whoever wrote this one, I don't know that they knew how to do it. Mm-hmm. Like they had some good ideas, but not quite good enough to make it a memorable classic version that everyone would want to come back to. Yeah, I I, I don't know that. Uh, it seems like yeah, I I know that it would probably be a challenge to do a Looney Tunes Christmas Carol. I don't doubt that it was probably hard to come up with something. Mm-hmm. And this movie is kind of proof of that, actually, because it's like it felt like if they were trying to all the Looney Tunes characters into this box that they didn't really belong into, which was like a, a sort of schmaltzy Christmas special. Like, mm-hmm. that. I don't know that, like, it felt very unnatural for the, all these kinds of characters. If you know the history of the characters, like, to do something like this, and like, at least in the way that they did it, which is like a very classic kind of, like, a Christmas Carol uh, satire. Like, I felt like it could have been a little bit more true to the spirit of Looney Tunes. This just felt like a Christmas, a generic Christmas special that Looney Tunes characters were sort of dropped into, and and they were mm, just saying, "I hope yeah. this works. I hope this works." And that's how that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, and it didn't really work. Like parts of it were funny, 
but it didn't all come together and a lot of parts went way too quickly it just yeah i don't know that not that i would have wanted this particular thing to be longer but it just didn't feel like it needed to feel to become a new holiday classic which is why i think this one has kind of faded into obscurity i don't know how you if you felt the same way that i did but i you just brought up uh how it felt like it went by too quickly in some places like I, I felt like uh, the way I described it when I reviewed this one, I, I said it felt like it was too slow in the first half for the, it was like the story for the story yeah. going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt like they were spending way too much time on like comedy and the Mega Marts before they got the story rolling. And then in the second half, when the ghosts came, I felt like they, that was the opposite. I felt like they rushed through that too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like when we were at, Tweety and Granny in the past, I looked at the time, like how much was left. And I was like, are we over halfway through already? How are they going to fit in all this stuff? And then yeah. <laughs> all we did was go to the orphanage and then it was back to the present day. There was no watching him grow up, watching him meet a someone who could be the bell type character, no breakup scene, nothing. Just like, well, he was an orphan. That's why he's evil. Back to the yeah. present. Exactly. okay yes exactly it just felt like underdeveloped that was the that's the basic issue i have it just felt underdeveloped yeah what about you katie do you have any like strong opinions about this other than what we've already said no i i agree on all those points um i think around this time looney tunes was kind of struggling to find like what they were doing at that point yeah um and like oh, yeah what they basically kind of fell into at that time was, oh, people like watching Daffy get hit over the head or people like (laughs) Bugs being sassy, but like it kind of felt more like a reference or just like a reference to what we actually do love about the old like Chuck Jones and cartoons back then. And like it, it's kind of missing that wit and more if we hit, it's like if we hit Daffy on the head, that's what makes it funny. And it's like, no, it's the, wit in the circumstances around that that makes it funny yeah that's it that's that's a good point because like that was something i observed which is that it felt like they character the the people who made this film understood surface level things about the looney tunes and they were trying to evoke that but they didn't really understand mm-hmm. like uh like comedic timing as well as the people like chuck jones and tex avery did yeah yeah and you and also uh, oh, sorry, Jonathan. The, the other thing is that, like, you're right. In 2006, when this movie came out, they Warner Brothers really did not know what to do with the Looney Tunes back then, and they rarely know what to do with them. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. Yeah, around that time, you really weren't getting much. Like the biggest thing I can think of, I'm not sure the exactly the year was the Brendan Fraser movie, and I liked that, but mm-hmm. I think I might have been in the minority. It didn't do very well, and there weren't really shorts being put out at the time. Yeah, it just, up until the more recent HBO Max series, I guess Max series now, since they got rid of the HBO branding for whatever reason, um, before that, Looney Tunes, they just weren't that great. You had the Wabbit series, which I didn't really like, and I still haven't seen the series. Like, they transitioned the Wabbit series into what was it, the new Looney Tunes or something like that? I don't think I've seen any of those. So I don't know if it improved, but I know that 
it, when it was just Wabbit, I didn't like the show very much. But yeah. the most recent Looney Tunes series is like the best Looney Tunes has been in a long time. It's like people really have a hard time figuring out how to make the Looney Tunes funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I think really worked about the new Looney Tunes cartoons that premiered on Max, HBO Max at the time, uh, was that it felt like uh, the one of the reasons why they were so much better than other modern versions of the Looney Tunes is because it seemed like the filmmakers behind those cartoons actually were sort of like doing things that were a little bit more adventurous and a little bit different. They weren't afraid to like just be as funny as possible without having to worry about are we damaging the legacy of Looney Tunes it's not like they didn't care about that all they cared about was just let's just make funny Looney cartoons and make them as good as possible and I think that was the key to that one's success yeah I feel like with this special like I don't know exactly how this one came to be but it almost feels like some some suit some executive was like we need a Looney Tunes Christmas special how about a Looney Tunes Christmas Carol, and then they told some animators that that's what they wanted, and the animators maybe weren't the biggest fans of Looney Tunes, they didn't know enough, so they watched a bunch of cartoons like, okay, I guess this is what makes Looney Tunes funny, so let's try <laughs> and cram all of those tropes into all the tropes of A Christmas Carol, and that's it. It wasn't a yeah. case of, we love Looney Tunes, we love A Christmas Carol, let's merge them and make something awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that did kind of feel like that. And one of my biggest like criticisms of this movie is that like um well actually like da- da- Daffy Duck wasn't I didn't think Daffy Duck was written that badly I thought they did a pretty good job capturing who Daffy Duck is and making him true to who he was in the old cartoons mm-hmm. that I think they did that well enough I just don't know that he fit into like a Scrooge kind of role that well and yeah like like I yeah like I said. It didn't seem like he was. They did a really bad job convincing me that he was a good person now. And if he and if he's not a good person by the end of the movie, I'm not sure what the point of this is. And that kind of why I felt like this was like a misfire. Yeah, I th- I think most of the characters did feel they felt like they were the characters that you expect them to be. They just didn't feel like they were written beyond the tropes that make them who they are. Yeah, like, they were written well enough as the characters they are none of them felt out of character except for marvin the martian weeping sadly while thinking of mars i didn't really feel like marvin the martian (laughs) but they just didn't fit them into this story well enough they just didn't feel like they belonged where they were i guess and uh an example of sort of like not fitting in that smoothly kind of I can sort kind of point to Bugs Bunny because Bugs Bunny has sort of a weird role in this. It seems mm-hmm. like they wanted him to be in the movie a lot, but if he's not the Scrooge person and he's not any of the ghosts, so it sort of felt like a little forced when they whenever he showed up. Yeah, that's why I wasn't sure what they were doing with the character because, like, at the point he showed up and what he was doing, it felt sort of like he was supposed to be the Fred character. But he wasn't related to Daffy, so it's not exactly the Fred character. And also the Fred character is only at the beginning and end, and then briefly when the Ghost of Christmas Present is taking him around to see what's happening that Christmas. So it's like they they kind of just made up a character for him to be. 
Like they took the idea of the Fred character and then were like, well, what if he's here the whole movie? <laughs> yeah, they kind of had to go a little creative with the way they fit him into the story and of the like with the Mega Mart like being snowed in and Bugs Bunny was trapped inside with him. So kind of yeah. made sense for him to be with him. It, it was just, but it did feel very convoluted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Convoluted is a good description (laughs) yeah yeah. like i feel like if they wanted to have bugs bunny in it as much as they did they should have gone the muppet christmas carol way of having him like the narrator yeah oh that's a good idea like they could have done that and it might have it might have worked a little bit more smoothly if they had done that Mm -hmm. and you could have have him like talk to daffy like it'd be you know the characters could acknowledge what are you doing here why are you talking why are you describing things and that could have some good gags to it, you know, mm-hmm. with that Looney Tunes fourth wall breaking. But I, I guess he just was going to be a Karen a bit in the story. I don't know. <laughs> I was just like, he's sitting there like irritating Daffy. And as a person who's worked in retail, I'm just like, I don't know if this movie's for me anymore because it's just like I'm like, oh no, like I've met Bugs Bunnies and they think they're so funny. And you're like, that's <laughs> funny because, you know, I'm just trying to work and you're doing this kind of stuff. The movie doesn't even work for real tale, retail workers. That's how spoilery <laughs> they do it. Like, they put you on the side of Daffy Duck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, on one hand, I was like, oh, I feel like Daffy. And, like, I get that whole I hate Christmas because people suck in retail around Christmas time. <laughs> And, but then, like, at the end, when everyone's like, oh, yeah, our boss did one nice thing, I'm like, okay, but as a person who's also had very horrible bosses in retail, like, if I walked into a place and they said, Merry Christmas, here's a Christmas tree, I wouldn't be like, oh, well, thanks. I'd be like, okay, what do you want? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see. Yeah, I've, I've had bad bosses, too. That would make me nervous if my previously <laughs> horrible boss suddenly turned on a dime at christmas and was giving people things i'm like okay what's happening something's wrong here (laughs) (laughs) exactly man well i think the takeaway is they need to do a redo (laughs) then hire us as the people who will put the story together yeah you know what (laughs) You know what I would love is if they got the guys behind those HBO Max Looney Tunes cartoons, got them to make a new yeah. Charles Then maybe then it'll be good. Yeah, yeah, I I could see that. That would be great. I like. I know they're working on like a movie at this point, and I hope they keep on doing that. And I hope they they use the team who's actually doing good work in Looney Tunes to keep putting out high quality productions. I know the series is over, but there's still stuff they could do. And I hope that Looney Tunes continues to be good and not yeah. go back to whatever dark era this came out of. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do, I do really hope that that movie you were talking about, The Day the Earth Blew Up. Oh, like, I'm, so, I, I'm so looking forward to that. Me too. I hope that one does well and I hope it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I love the title. I know that at one point they were talking about changing the title, but The Day the Earth Blew Up. It's such a great title. It's a perfect that title a, for a Looney Tunes movie. Yeah. Like, I never see animated movies with titles like that in theaters. That's such a great title. It's, yeah. 
Yeah, I I wish I feel like Disney started the the titles being boring with like Tangled and Frozen. It's like <laughs> one word titles. It's like no, mm-hmm. give me a descriptive. In some cases, ridiculous title. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. always fun. Yeah, just make it so that your title gives you an accurate picture of the kind of movie you're going for. Like Tangled turned out to be amazing, but the title did it yeah. no favors. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. I agree. And like, you know, ever since the 30s and 40s, like Warner Brothers has been trying to be like the anti-Disney in a way, thanks to like the how, you know, how those Looney Tunes cartoons made fun of Disney movies sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like the perfect contrast to like the boring titles of Disney movies is for Warner Brothers to make something called The Day the Earth Blew Up. It's yes, perfect. definitely. <laughs> and Disney is kind of in a semi-dark age of like not the greatest productions at this point so warner brothers if they wanted to they could really swoop in and make themselves stand out from the rest of the pack and just Mm -hmm. do some really creative good stuff i know they don't have a great ceo at this point but the people working there if they can figure out a way to get their stuff greenlit i know they could do some great stuff yeah so historically when Whenever Disney is having a, like a dark age period, like they had in like the forties and like they had in the eighties, those are always like the perfect opportunities for other animation studios to like swoop in and try to steal that thunder. Like this is yeah. this is the time. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, I think that's probably all I've got to say about Bah Humduck. I think we spent half the episode talking about other things besides this, but that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> That makes it more enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, well, do you guys want to let people know where they can find you if they want more from you, Eli? Yeah, well, hear me talk about the good Looney Tunes cartoons uh, by following me on Twitter. I'm on uh, Twitter uh, at ejunkie2014. That's where I talk about all kinds of things, movies, video games, TV. And you can also follow my blog where I go more in-depth about the history of the entertainment industry, which is uh, Entertainment Junkie Blog, and that's at ejunkieblog.com. Okay, and Katie? And you can find me over at Katie Draws Things on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, well, I guess that will be all for this episode, but I'm sure we will talk to you again in the future, so we'll see you next time. Bah humduck. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to every version ever. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well, and if you want more content from us, check out one of the other podcasts in the iHeartMovies podcast network, or check out my brand new Patreon. My link tree, as well as any other relevant links, will be in the description. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.